Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Tuesday. No, wait, it's Wednesday. We messed it up on you guys. Oopsies. Yeah. <laughs> We're here. We're here. Uh, what are we talking about today, guys? Before we do that, <laughs> um, I want to let everybody know who is watching to make sure you guys join in the chat. And um, if you have any questions, uh, anything while we're doing this, we do this live so that you can participate. So please, please participate. Um, pop whatever you have to say, think, questions, comments, all of that in the um, your your chat chat in the comments, and we will respond to you in real time. Um, and that Not is fake time. Nope, not fake time. <laughs> I wish that existed because then, like, we could have extra time. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, fake, it'd be more yeah. time in our lives. Um, what are we talking about today? Fake time. No. <laughs> no, we're not. We are talking body about body language, body language, and nonverbal communication. Than that, yeah, it was more than body language. We're talking about nonverbal communication, and I think that this extends far beyond just body language. Hi, Paul. Hello, good to yeah, see you. And David as well. Hi, David. Hello, good to see you. <laughs> so, uh, body language. We've been having a lot of body language already as we've been displaying it, as we've been chit chatting, as we've been goofing around, as we have been. Um, sharing what we're talking about as we're asking you to par, uh, um, what's the word participate what have you noticed and body language we're having fun well, what else yeah let's okay go ahead yes we're having fun anthony looks distracted know. um <laughs> so does kyle um <laughs> Uh, so, Jen looks pensive. Um, <laughs> uh, we're, I mean, I, as far as body language goes, um, I mean, we of course are just the neck up. Kyle and Jerome are just the head up. <laughs> um, when within that space, we've talked about body language. What other ways can we communicate non-verbally? All kinds of subtle ways. I'm not Facial sure. Facial expressions. You know, the way we hold our hands, the way we posture, the way we hold our shoulders. How you um, say a word. Intonation, yes. Intonation, paralinguistics. How you dress. Yeah, I mm -hmm. could wear a t-shirt with an explicit phrase right across the front. Yeah, or you could wear, I mean, how you dress depending on where you're at and what you kind of, you know, that, that sort of thing could express some stuff. How, um, how about our background? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the first lady that wore a jacket with something written on the back. Um, yeah. How close uh, you are to someone. Got, how close you are to someone. Like if I got really close to someone's mm -hmm. face. Touch, right? Versus very far. Touch. Okay. Uh, or even just showing you're interested by, you know, tell me more. 
So <laughs> fixing your headphones, that's one. The lean in, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of different ways to communicate non-verbally. Um, one of the things in the article we read that was interesting was also, uh, um, mm. <laughs> was mm. can, can do a lot, like a mm. Ah. Mm. head nods, mm. head shakes, all of these things. Um, why is this important for coaches? Well, that, that mm in between where you're supposed to be silenced, ICF doesn't like that. They don't mm -hmm. want you to do The that. article said to do it. <laughs> they don't like it. They grade you on it. And if you do it too much, I just took a, um, well, not just, it's been a little bit now, a PCC marker. And we have to pay attention to all those ohms and those fillers. And they don't like them. It's not, it doesn't go towards... Um, well, I think that the different word, but mm -hmm. the difference being uh, a, a deliberately placed uh, or a deliberately placed gesture or nod or can be very different than a like you know um mm, ye, you know what I mean, which is those those sort of uh, things that we do to fill in the space when we're thinking mm -hmm. a lot of times, right? I just did it. Mm -hmm. And you were nodding your head. I was just going to point it out. Lisa's doing some verbal communication right there. She's going, mm -hmm, and she's nodding her head right there. What does this, so, so Lisa, you mentioned one way that it, that, that filling in those space with those ooms, also it can maybe break a client's stride, I would think, if you are mid and yeah, interrupt them with a mm, or a, a look or what, you know, they're talking and you go, <laughs> um, I, it's a, a lot of what we're doing as a coach and how we present ourselves and connect is very uh, important. One of the things I always say before we come on is to get, that everybody needs to make sure they don't have RBF um, when we're on this, uh, which is resting. Oh, yes. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Uh, you know, because we want everybody to look interested uh, while they're we're on this. Not if you look bored, then everybody's gonna just assume we're boring. Boring. <laughs> um, um, so, what is that as a coach? How how can nonverbal help us? Let's start with that. I think well, it helps. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. I was about to say nonverbal. From what I've looked up, the statistics on it. About 55% of all communication is nonverbal, 38% is vocalized, and then 70% 7% is only is just the content of the words that are being spoken. So it's not so much as in how can it help you, it's just what it's most of your communication is already nonverbal. Um, the majority of it, it does not have to anything to do with what you're actually saying. So how can it help you is just being aware of that fact for one, that most of what you're communicating is, you know, not the words being spoken. So amazing point you just made, right? Um, if, if you said 53% of communication is nonverbal, mm -hmm. well, 
and and 35 is uh, what was the 35 was um, 38 38 percent is vocal so that includes vocal. the words but how you say the words but not what and the actual words are yeah the seven so, percent is the actual meaning of the words you're saying like if i so were to suddenly write it perfect down. questions and advice and all the things a coach might be saying is a lot less important uh, saying out loud, I should say, uh, in the in a realm of communication, I, um, which I think is a, a kind of a cool thing to think about. Um, how else can it help coach help coaches? I think it's strong in the space of helping build rapport um, to go ahead and show that you're you're paying attention, you're there for them at that moment to verbally or non-verbally express that helps develop your relationship with your client. So maybe we should break down the aspects of nonverbal communication um, and then try to deep dive into them. The first one I'm looking at in very well mind right now is facial expressions. So expressing expressing the emotions that you're feeling at the moment as a coach. Um, I no. tend to have a pretty neutral face when I coach. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a hard thing for us to do as coaches. One of the things we talk about as coaches, uh, and we've done a thing on this, is we can't give praise as a coach. We're not supposed to praise our clients. Well, when we're doing, what are we doing? You're nodding your head. We're, a, we're, or we're agreeing. We're praising. We are giving them validation for, you know, um, by nodding. So a nod can be sort of a little dangerous, a little precarious, <laughs> something well, you a nod, a nod is even more towards like a gesture rather than just a facial expression. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like a smile or like grimace or okay. you know, afraid. So or would you okay, say that sometimes so it looks like you're listening something. and you're like paying attention? Cause if I stare at you the whole time and you just gave me like a plethora of information, might even come across like I didn't get any of that. But at yeah. least when you're nodding, you're like, okay, I mean, I'm, I understand. I'm following you. Mm -hmm. um, well, if a client, let's say, uh, uh, I'm going to, let's see, let's come up with something here. Um, guys, <laughs> guys, I think I'm going to, um, I'm gonna quit my job. Okay. When? What? <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I'm gonna. I'm quitting. This is what. I, so, but that was a good point. Lisa's face. What did you just do? <laughs> if you were a coach and you did that. When some client <laughs> said, "I'm gonna quit my job," <laughs> how do you think that client might feel? <laughs> like, like you I just dropped a bomb on them. I can't. <laughs> Do the backstroke, lighten it up. Can you imagine how much interpretation uh, or, or that I think that that our clients go out there in the world and they're expecting other people to react that way. And especially when, like Jerome said, when we're building rapport, if we go, that could be a quick way to damage some rapport real quick, right? Mm -hmm. um, oh, shoot. <laughs> Uh, or if you have a people pleaser in there, suddenly they're going to backstroke, like Lisa said, right? They're going to they're mm -hmm. going to go, oh, and then they're not going to get what they really want. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not quitting my job, by the way. Brooke's doing the backstroke right now on live. <laughs> no. <laughs> so there's leading questions. What we're speaking about sounds like potentially leading gestures. Is that mm. something that, yeah. Well, we're looking, we're talking about as a coach, if we want to be neutral, it's one thing to be neutral by not saying or giving advice, but the next level of neutrality is to be aware of our nonverbal communication. Uh, and so I think a lot of the facial expressions and like the emotions that come through, that is something that coaches aren't often deliberate about. It'll just happen, especially when this is easy for me on Zoom to see my facial expressions because I'm looking at a recording of myself. If I was to do coaching in person, I wouldn't get that as much feedback about that. So I might accidentally like make faces at my coach or my clients and not even realize it. It's funny because one of the suggestions they gave was to see yourself maybe even set up a mirror and i just wonder what it would be like as a coach like you'd have to put it behind your client i guess mm -hmm. like like can you, can you imagine like if you put as i mean the mirror would have to be strategically placed behind your client to ensure you are bringing that neutrality but i think that that like good point anthony in zoom you we have a gift we have mm -hmm. a gift of being able to go back and review and see when we weren't being neutral we can really analyze ourselves. Even if we don't notice in the moment, we can record that, go back through and look deliberately for that reason and go, okay, am I being neutral? If this is, I'm getting really nitpicky with my coaching, I'm gonna be, and this gives you a really tremendous opportunity to review. Um, Lisa, it looks like you want to say something. See, yeah, that was nonverbal. <laughs> as you're talking, I'm thinking of lots of different things. And, and I had somebody, you, you know, I'm thinking about this Zoom, and the camera and placement. And it, it can look like with Zoom, if your camera is not exactly <laughs> on the right areas, <laughs> you, you know, it can look like you're not paying attention. It can look like you're looking away. It can look like you're doing something other. Um, and, and on the uh, receiving end, can feel very disconnecting and not open to feel safe. Um, like if I was looking down right now, it might just be, you know, it's because there's a cat on my lap. <laughs> um, um, safety is important though. And that rapport is important and maintaining it is very important. Um, uh, I think that, that we can easily get distracted by, especially ADHD periphery, right? <laughs> um, so there, there it's, to develop that rapport with your client, being present becomes very, very important and, and communicating that you are listening. Um, the other flip side of this too, we've talked a lot about body language. What about, let's not talk about body language. Let's talk about <laughs> hearing ourselves. And when I say that, hearing more than the words. What do you mean? What do I mean? comes to my mind i mean how you're going to come off with your pitch are you gonna raise your voice like what or are you gonna be like what are you, you know you can kind of control hi oh my god i'm so happy to see you hello <laughs> you know like what energy are you gonna bring yeah to that yeah 
um, are you bringing a calm, cool, and collected mm -hmm. energy? Because the truth is yep. that becomes important. Our energy contributes in these sessions, not just our clients. Is there a recommended? Oh, go ahead, Lisa. I was watching poker players on some of that um, I love poker. feed you gave us uh, the other day. And the poker players, while they're trying to stay really neutral, and I know you're a poker player, try to be really neutral with their behaviors, everything. There's so many micro expressions that happen that can give a full on story away. Um, well, some of them are brilliant because they will deliberately play up their their they they know what their tells are so they will crank them up mm -hmm. there's one guy that he moves very quickly like he's a poker player it's his that's his the pace of his game is fast and there he recently was playing with somebody else who's very slow and this slow guy deliberately slowed his game down like made it even slower because he knew it was driving the guy who is a very fast game absolutely nuts and just like throwing him off because he was not and he was refusing to come to his speed like he was refusing this guy's up here this guy's down here he's like ah oh, nah, no i'm going further down just to throw you off <laughs> what does that mean for a coach like well how can we talk i mean how would that, that be relevant for a coach that's kind of interesting because we talk a lot about speaking the client language but is there a benefit if your client wants to go a million miles an hour mm -hmm. you as a coach slow it down and kind of control the pace of the conversation yeah. I'm going to give you that it depends. It depends on what that client, I'm having trouble speaking today. It's going to depend on what that client wants to achieve. You know, if they're looking for more peace and serenity, <laughs> I might, you okay? <laughs> I might, I might maybe do that depending on what they're wanting out of that session and what they're wanting from the experience. What's something that's I interesting in my, so when I do my 30 minute sessions, one of the things I always prep people with is to come in prepared because it's a short amount of time. Um, and that we're, but we'll get to a lot in that short amount of time. Um, I love it. It works tremendously to my benefit uh, because what happens, um, and, and I'll meet the clients there too, uh, depending on where they're at. I try to meet them, but most of the time they come in, they come in ready and ready to work. There's not a lot of, um, they know there isn't a lot of time for them to sort of mill on things. So they, it sort of forces them to go, okay, this is what I want. I don't have a lot of time. We don't, we're not beating around the bush. Let's utilize this time to the best of my benefit. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's something I really quite enjoy about the 30 minute sessions that I do. Mind you, I've done hour and a half, two hour sessions with people too, as well, where it's a big exploration, but the, the, this is sort of, I guess, another level of communication that's mm -hmm. nonverbal. Um, and that's the length of a session too, uh, could very much play Mm -hmm. in this nonverbal communication. Well, I'm a coach that does 30 minute sessions. This is, this is what I do. And you come in that space, we're sort of being, we're setting our framework as a coach, right? And that's, that's not so much about the client, but about our, how we offer our services and, and mm -hmm. that's okay. Right. I mean, I would say that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think you setting your boundaries and then making them verbal moves it towards nonverbal communication. I think in the beginning it is 
up, outward. What's the right word? <laughs> Out loud. <laughs> um, communication. But then it does, as those boundaries are developed and built, you have established nonverbal communication that that is what our session is at that point. Sorry, I got distracted with Jen. <laughs> yeah, no, Jen, you have a question. <laughs> yeah, so I have a question for everyone. How do you signal to your client that you hear them without validating in agreement with what they're saying? Well, are we still talking nonverbal here? Yeah. Either or. It could be verbal, it could be nonverbal. So what's verbal? the like the nodding like i'll listen and which i don't think is completely like an agreement with everything they're saying or co-signing their bs but it's just the nodding and then once they're done then reflecting back what they say okay so you're feeling this right now you said you want to achieve x y and z i noticed you mentioned or you use this word can you explain more so i'm reflecting back what they're saying to at least confirm that I was paying attention and listening to what they were saying, but I will do the, mm -hmm. the nods, even though maybe I shouldn't do it, but I'll nod either way. I think we're human, it's hard not to be human <laughs> and yeah. our humanness trying to let that person know that we're tracking what they're saying. So I think, I think we will all do it. I mean, I see Jerome right now, even nodding his head or he's avoiding the sun. I'm not sure which. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, Brooke or Kyle or Jen? I think so. What's funny is I, it's something I've tried to get better at not doing because I know I'm a nodder. I know I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Like a, I'm one of those. I do that. I'm also, a, I celebrate, I'm a celebrator. I'm like a good jobber and I need to, those are things I need to nix. Um, and they're really sometimes very hard for me to do. Um, but definitely that nod and, but I want to be aware of the nodding because I know I can overdo my nodding. I can overdo. I also make facial expressions. I, I am an animated human being. Um, so There's another thing you want that you do often that I want to get into a whole nother subject after this. So just remind me, I got that, but you do something quite often that I want to talk about. Me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, now we're all curious. Yeah, now I'm curious. Like you can't just leave us hanging like the me hanging like that. Um, no, Kyle, Jen, answer the question. <laughs> what do you guys do to um, show that you're paying attention? I mean, I'm gonna kind of be blunt with it and say I might just say I hear you. If it's something as serious that they came out and they wanted to be heard, I just want them to know that I hear you. I Brooke gave the example of she saying I'm quitting. And if somebody told me that and they were serious and I gave a little bit for that pause and silence and embraced the silence and they had nothing else to say, I would say, okay, I hear you, you're quitting and then continue off of that. So maybe just repeat, repeating what they might've said, letting know that they've been heard and then asking up a follow up question from there. Which with those kinds of words, just like I understand, you have to be kind of careful with those. People have used them really to manipulate situations. Um, as your client gets to know you, they're going to know you're not doing that. 
Um, but the, the I understand is a big, really don't want to go there. You don't want to say I understand because it puts you in their situation and they're going to come back at you for some of them. They'll come back at you. You, you don't, you don't understand. You've never been in what I'm doing, da, 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 da. So you have to know, get to know your client in order to use certain word cadence uh, in that, what did we say, 30% of vocabulary and that body language. Sometimes when they're caught up in their own stuff in the moment, they're not watching your body language, but we all take cues from one another. We all take even blips of cues that we will watch and sometimes misinterpret. So it's helping that client understand what our little facial expressions are, or like for me, when I would, when I'm in front of the client, when I'm is in person versus on this, Zoom call. I move around a lot in my chair because my back hurts. I got a comfortable chair, but it doesn't matter staying in one position for any longer than. So I, you know, I'm kind of a mover. Ignore that. Let's just keep going, right? So I'll explain my little quirks. Well, and that's that's the thing too that I know that um, I once was critiqued by somebody. They were like, "You're always you take your glasses off. You put them on. You," and it's like, "Yeah, I do. I have ADHD." I can't, do you know how hard it is for me just to stay still? Like, do you know how hard, but yeah, I do. And sometimes having my glasses, I see better with them on sometimes. Sometimes they get foggy and I take them off. And like, so I go through, but it was just so interesting to be critiqued in that way. Um, and, and it made me definitely more aware. And then it also made me go, okay, it's just fine. That's who I am. <laughs> so I fidget. <laughs> um, and so when you are that kind of, uh, when you're self-aware, there's the word, when you're self-aware of what your body's doing to explain it to your clients so that they're not interpreting it to be something other is helpful too. Yeah, I think there's a space of preparation there too. You know, don't drink three bottles of water right before a session. <laughs> right. Make sure you're getting your sleep, you know, things like that because it can't be reflected to your client. Maybe I'll put them. That's so, uh, Anthony, I'm curious. What was the other thing? <laughs> oh, this, this leads to gestures and gesticulating. Mm -hmm. You very often, and we can see more of your body in the frame, so we might get to see more of this, but let's put me, you talk with your hands a lot. You gesture, yeah. you point at yourself, you point at other things. You use your hands to weigh the options or illustrate yeah. points that you're making. Um, that is... Something I tend to do, even when I'm on the phone with somebody talking, I'll yeah. do this to sort of emphasize points, like I'm doing this, and then I'm doing this, and then you can do this over here. <laughs> so I talk with my hands, but no one's there to see me talk with my hands. So why why do I do that? Um, do you guys do you guys also do that where you're talking with your hands, but there's okay. no one that you're verbal, you're not visually communicating with anybody? Um, do you guys tend to do that? Yes. Oh yeah. I'll list so things will... off and start counting. Mm -hmm. Say so, that again, Brad. Like I'll list things off. Like I'll have like three top three points that I want to hit and I'm like one, two. Like I'm making sure I've <laughs> it doesn't even matter if they're seeing me or not. I'm I'm doing it. Uh, in order to oh oh go ahead, Lisa, Lisa. In order to help me see right now I'm I'm moving my chair and 
and you, I don't usually when I'm coaching do this, but it would, in order to not move so much, typically I will sit on my hand so that I not so much work in the frame in that fashion, just because I can talk with my hands. I think Brooke, you may do it a little more, but certainly not too far behind that. Well, those I, seem to be like involuntary, like gestures though. Like you just kind of, it goes with what you're saying. There's also gestures that are quite deliberate. Like I would point at <laughs> yourself, you give the client a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a middle finger. Let's not do that. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of things non-verbally that could like, tell the client a lot uh, without having to say I can't anything. wink. I can't wink, but <laughs> yeah, no. winking at your client, I'm not sure that's something we do typically. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> what happens if it's like an involuntarily yawn? Like you're just exhausted of a long day and you yawn. Do you think they're just going to be like, oh, I keep cool, that, boring. I keep that if that happened, I would just explain it. I'd be like, I'm not, this is not about you. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I'm here. I would probably say something if I did that. I would probably fight it to the nth degree, but then I would. This, yeah, this is the face I make when I'm hiding a yawn. Just One of my favorite things to do with people is to be like, uh, wait, hold on. Yeah, I agree. Everything you're saying makes perfect sense. <laughs> and it's like, what am I, I love to do these things. I do it often. Um, uh, and I think it's just that's just to instill confusion in people. Or actually, really, it's to say that what I'm saying is not not real. What I my nodding my or what I'm doing in my head is really what I mean. What would be the benefit then of a coach being more deliberate with you know what they're saying with their hands? I so I think that one of the things we don't have to go away from that. I think that we, it's about bringing awareness. Uh, it's like a properly dropped F-bomb, right? Um, has so much more impact um, than when you, you, when it's placed correctly, than, than uh, if you do it all the time, you know? So a properly placed like moment, I think too, it's a tool. When I, for me, it's a visual tool for people. Mm -hmm. When I do this, Okay, so it's in this hand. How do we feel? You know what I mean? Right. That's that's like to give that visual of of where where is this landing? <laughs> um, it conveys more of that message and allows them to think. While we're not saying anything, they know it's a balance, right? And so it's a metaphor, and they get into that identification of what that um, comparison is. Yeah. Could this also be useful when you're trying to use your client's language? Like if your client is somebody who gesticulates a lot and talks like this and waves their hands around, maybe it might be beneficial for the coach to start speaking that way um, as a common ground. Maybe. I mean, there's no, a, a lot of these things we want to have, here's the rule to do this. Here's the rule to do this. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. Lisa's and doing it right now. Yeah, and there's no cookie cutter. That's why I usually sit on my hand. <laughs> because there's there's no cookie cutter. There's no each experience is going to be different with each person as it should be. And sometimes it can be beneficial to utilize, you know, like that weight scale. Mm -hmm. And other times it doesn't work for that particular person. It was so funny. There and I have this memory of, of this is years ago. I had this um, 
particular clients that the whole session was in metaphors. Mm. The whole session. Now, normally that's not the case. You know, you may drop one here or there, or the client drops one, you pick it up, and you know, so it's just a pure, but with this client, so every client you're gonna do different. I'm sitting on my hands again, just so you know. <laughs> every client you're gonna be doing a little bit similar things, but a, a lot of the times it's going to work differently for each person you are interacting with because the, the goal of the sessions are different, right? What they want to take away is going to be the influencer and who they are is influencing. Here, here's another example. I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted with the chats. Um, when I'm around somebody that, um, has a accent and I, Brooke and I have spoken about this before. She does it too. When we, when we're around somebody who has an accent, I will start picking up that accent. It's just part of really being a, a good listener, really having a good ear, really trying to reflect what that client is saying. It's among other things. We have good empathy and all that good stuff. On, on this note, I've been sitting here with my hand on my face and I noticed Jerome has joined me. And I feel like I am very much in tune with Jerome right now. Yes. So I'm just going to say <laughs> that I feel like Jerome and I are on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a nonverbal gesture to say, I'm, I'm listening. I'm here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The lean in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to quickly address uh, Paul's question. So is the goal to communicate more verbally and little to nonverbal when working with clients? I'd say no, it's to recognize that most of your communication is nonverbal and to be more deliberate with it mm -hmm. instead of just sort of going through the motions of whatever nonverbal cues you're sending, try to think about more what it is you're doing and how you can use that to benefit your client in the conversation. Bring the awareness, bringing the awareness forward. Um, for uh, did you do level one or level two? I'll wait for your answer for where I'm going to go with this. Or neither. Who knows? No, he said he, no, just, he, took, this, he took it this weekend, he said. Oh, he did this weekend. Yeah, but I don't know if he did level one or level but, two. Anthony, to what you just said, sometimes I go like this and I see it on screen and I immediately uncross because I recognize that that sends the client a message that I'm closed off. And that's the, that's the next point I wanted to bring up was body language posture. So you could be like this, or you could mm -hmm. be like that, uh, <laughs> sending two different messages. But I think we also, is that in the level one where we talk about yeah. like um, yeah. reading into body posture too much and it could mean yeah. a variety of different things? Well, we can we can acknowledge when our client does something like I noticed your energy shift. I noticed you cross your legs and turned away in this moment. Is there, is there something you want to share about that? Um, but we're not feeding them. We're not saying, Oh, you're, you're closed off. You just crossed your arms. Like that's not what we're doing. We're just simply made, um, sharing an observation again. Right. I, I share this observation because it could be that Jen is cold. And that's why she's crossing your arms. It's, it may not be that she's closed off. We don't know, and we don't want to assume that we do know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of different. They've really found that 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 we it's it's kind of dangerous for us to presume that we know what people are feeling because of specific body gestures. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the truth is, what we 
become, begin to know our client. And when we begin to know our client, we can recognize shifts in energy and maybe that's posture or, or things like that. Um, the the fl flipping it back to the coach too, when we talk about this, we're talking about body. The other way we communicate is think about how you want to show up to your sessions. One of the things I know I have showed up to my sessions where I was like running, you know, sliding in on a banana peel and I get there and I look a mess and I hate that. I prefer to get to my session and feel like, okay, I put myself together a bit. I got, you know, I don't look like I just ran through the door and I dropped all my groceries on the ground and I'm sitting here for this. I always try to give myself a window of time so that I can like appear together. Um, but I also don't overdress because I want my client to feel comfortable uh for my session so like i've put a lot of thought into how i how i present myself um i guess externally and and where i'm at and everything as well um all in the effort to make my client feel comfortable right um can you hold pause just for a yeah. second just for a second because i want to identify jen you have your arms crossed I did, that yeah does that mean you're not interested? Does that mean you're not present? Does that mean, what does that mean? No, I'm not for me. It actually, um, I, I guess it, I, I am paying attention. I just kind of eased back a little bit. So I just, I got comfortable. Um, but I guess I, I am concerned that the client could perceive it as I'm, I'm not happy to be here with you. Right. I'm like, <laughs> but how interesting. You know, is and that, that's what we have been told in the history of if you're going to cross right. your arms, that body language with our arms crossed. And yet there's different ways that we even cross our arms that show yeah. that we are definitely yeah. interested, that show that we're participating, that we're engaged in the conversation. So yeah. It's not always true though. So where we're, what, what I think the big line that we want to think about here though, is if our client crosses their arms, it, we need to not take that personally. We need to not assume as a coach that it means anything. Cause for Jen, it meant the opposite. It meant she was getting comfortable. Well, heck that's a win in my book. If right. I'm coaching her, I want her to be comfortable. So I'm not gonna, um, but if we are inadvertently communicating that we look like, which is what Jen's fear is. And I can understand why she might be more aware mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. she doesn't want her client. Because the reality is our clients don't have the same training as us. That same, like, we assume that they're going about life, interacting with others and getting the judgment and getting and so We don't want to appear judgmental through our body language. Um, I also, again, this is just me. And maybe it's because I have an eidetic memory for clothing, which is weird. Like how I dress is important to me and how I show up in a meeting because, um, again, I feel like it communicates if you're overdressed and I was a client that was underdressed, I could feel really yes. uncomfortable. Yes. Um, if I was super underdressed as a coach, although there, I could see coaches that could pull that off too. Like mm -hmm. I really could. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, no, I'm just the t-shirt. I'm the t-shirt and basketball shorts coach. That's how I roll. The nudist coach. <laughs> what? The nudist coach. No. Oh my gosh. I'm sure it's out there in some woo-woo community, okay? I'm sure. <laughs> probably There's got to be a nudist coach out there. 
Yeah. And if not, there's your new niche. There will be one. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> snatch that niche up. <laughs> but what's important though, is that we're, we're noticing our clients' body language as well. And they're not just body language, they're everything, their tone. One of the things we haven't addressed as much is energy. So mm -hmm. if our client comes in and they're raring to go and excited about something, do we as a coach, we sort of mentioned, should we meet them at that level of energy and be excited with them? Or should we? I mean, Probably just under their energy. Just under? Hmm. Yeah. Not above it by no means, right? Or if they come in super low depressed energy. and like very low energy, then do you go lower? Just under that. Well, I would just, I would wait and see. And there's my hands going again. I would wait and see what the intention of the session is. And if mm -hmm. they're wanting to. If I said I'm quitting, you know, I came in pissed. Uh, you don't meet them lower, right? You well, you don't meet them at pissed, but you might yeah. slow down for them a little if Quiet. that's what we need. Quiet down. Yeah. We don't want to force them to come to our energy, right? We mm -hmm. what we want to do is make sure they're comfortable expressing themselves in whatever energy that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas if we went slow down, slow down. No, wait, that's not something we want to do as a coach, we want to quiet and listen and catch all the details, even though they're super excited. And then maybe we say, I noticed that you're speaking really quickly. Uh, is there something that you want to share about that? And maybe that's an opportunity for them to go I'm super excited, you know, and I'm pumped and I'm ready to uh, like Especially that. if it's different, right? Especially if it's different from who they've been before. Um, Can we touch on um, maybe uh, proxemics now? how close you are to a client, which mm -hmm. we simulate, we can simulate that on Zoom, but that's a simulation. I'm not actually- Come here, come closer. No, no, come here. <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting point though, that we're talking partially talk Zoom and we're talking partially in person because mm -hmm. there's very many differences when we're doing a Zoom coaching versus if we were doing an in-person. And some of these conversations I feel like can sway just like we're doing right now. You're not gonna be this close up on a Zoom call, I would hope, but in person, you might actually scoot your chair up a little closer. You might actually get a little bit more interested or lean forward. Have you it's ever been around that person that just is, talks uncomfortably close? Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't be back. that coach. Don't be that coach. <laughs> well also this goes into how you might even orient orient your office or room or if you're coaching with multiple people especially like if you're coaching a couple is it you and the other couple on the other side of you next to each other yes or is it more of like a triangle where there's equal distance between all the participants it would be so bad if like one of the couple was on a higher seat than the other one can you imagine like... <laughs> or um, are you guys all sitting on like a bench and like you're the, in the middle and the couple's on the left and right I, of you i wait always thought it was weird too that that uh psychiatrists and things like it's on a couch like why are we on a couch because this feels a little like it doesn't feel perfect the moment i'm like laying down and kicking my feet up i feel uncomfortable i feel like something bad is gonna happen and i just have my <laughs> <up>. like, <laughs> vulnerability 
Yeah, I do. I feel vulnerable. If I was like, if somebody went into like a coach's office and they were like lay down on the couch, I'd be like, no. I'm in the wrong spot. When I go to the dentist and like lay back in the chair, like my hands are like this, my legs are crossed. I'm comfortable otherwise, but this is like showing that it's like, I don't exactly feel like, you know, wanting to be open and vulnerable. To <laughs> it around <laughs> sorry, dentists. <laughs> yeah, sorry to all our dentist so coaches. That's, out but there. that's an amazing point. Is thinking about how your office is set up could make a client very uncomfortable. If you kid, it came in and they have they were on like a a rolly stool. Um, <laughs> it might be <make> very <laughs> awkward. Talk about temporary. <laughs> Get out of your head. <laughs> Or like I can imagine like your desk is like a very big imposing. You've got the high backed, super expensive chair, and then you've got like a wooden chair for like They've got a, a super low like, yeah. without a back. <laughs> so like that get comfortable. Without even like I don't even know if that's like I guess it is nonverbal communication, but it's communication that's not even expressed by the individual parties. It's just present in the room that you're in by virtue of how the room is set up yeah so in my in my office i did the triangle thing that you were saying anthony mm -hmm. except the couple sat on the other side and they were close so it was a very narrow triangle because it wasn't that big office and mm -hmm. then i sat what is that other point called i don't remember now is it perpendicular anyway and i sat a little further away so they're really close I'm a little bit further away. You're like a little Ocelis triangle. There you go. <laughs> so there were times though, because I have, I had, because I, I don't have the office anymore because it's all virtual these days, right? So I had an ottoman that I would get, I would ask permission, is it okay if I come closer? And they would sit on the ottoman. The ottoman tended to be lower than where they were. So I had all kinds of little strategies to help the client feel comfortable, help the client feel without saying, I want you to feel comfortable, you know, doing different um, positions. Like I was, I was asking Paul what level he was in, because if he had taken level two this weekend, that's something that we kind of go into in our level two class about the different positions and how they can benefit and intimidate. So it's to be aware of where you are, what you're can, doing, and how you're about, Can you guys show me your most intimidating positions right now? What about, the, what about the, if I like chose this as a virtual background? Like, um, a bedroom? Is that a bedroom? bedroom? Right, like that's, that would be kind of a weird thing uh, to do. I mean, I think that that's when we're talking, it goes even extends to Zoom and, and things like that with what are we showing behind us? What are we, how are we setting ourselves up in this space? Are are we in a kitchen and there's people running around back and forth? Uh, are we, but that awareness of, of another, this is another layer of nonverbal communication um, is I'm in a place that is also taking this conversation seriously and, and is safe too for you. Um. <laughs> <Me>! oh. <laughs> 
I'm Kyle coaching me. He's my now favorite, new favorite coach. <laughs> <laughs> I want to coach with kitten and puppy pictures behind them, like just playing at all times. <laughs> I would be very distracted by cuteness. <laughs> the new baby makes all, she makes all of these incredible little noises. I just love those little sweet noises. They're just heart wrenching and put a smile on your face. Yeah. I don't get to have her now. Hmm. Yeah. So sad. So we've got about five minutes left. Um, what are our thoughts on nonverbal communication? I just want to show my most intimidating position. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your shirt? I tried to see what was on your shirt. The shirt. Anthony's background. Anthony's background. That's is that your most intimidating? That's the most intimidating background. Here's this. Mine is this. Oh, there you go. That works. <laughs> that works. My clients. Final thoughts, guys. Yeah, I definitely. I definitely think it's something where you need to consider where you are. Are you virtual or are you in person? Uh, can you see yourself or can you not see yourself? And matching or, I mean, I liked how someone said, if you come in up here, you got to come in just a little bit lower. And if they come in a little bit low, sometimes you just got to be neutral. But trying to just recognize what your body output can produce to your client. Yeah. And watch their body language with how they are receiving also allows you to pay attention to what you're doing as well. Uh, my final thought is to try to figure out and discover what your own body language says about how you communicate as well uh keep an eye out for the weird or inconsistent or incongruent behaviors that your client might be exhibiting they could be saying that they're happy but their body language and their tone of voice might say otherwise that might be a place to question as a coach and maybe dive deeper into so just be aware of yours and other people's body languages going forward can i add one more no notice the shifts Notice the shifts. I mean, notice how I ignored you. Yes. Subtle, subtle body language there going on. <laughs> notice the shifts in your client. That's what you're, you know, I noticed the shift. You, you had your foot still and now it's wiggling. Yeah. In order. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. I'm noticing the shifts. I think is very, I mean, it's critical. That's, that's, mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's, it's it's as important, if not more important, than noticing the word changes, than noticing, you know, where that's really what being curious is, is when we're really paying attention to the subtle, those subtle things, because a lot of times we express subtly. Um, and if we are incapable of noticing that, it can be a very powerful tool in our in our toolbox. In order to remain neutral, though, I'm going to coach like this. <laughs> that, that, I don't think that's scary. I don't know if that's neutral. 
I'm also get a voice changer, and it's gonna be like one of those. Like, <laughs> oh man, I could have got voice mod. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna voice mod myself, so you cannot tell that if there's any. <laughs> that brings to light something that I think we didn't mention at all during this live stream is literally being nonverbal and holding space and not speaking. That's one of the more important things I think you can do as a coach. And, and it's not just being nonverbal, it's being interested in what the client's saying, but holding that space like Jerome is saying, because that client is really contemplative in that moment. I did it the other day. I was on the phone with someone and I'm like silent for a really long time. And I went, oh, and I get to cover your ears if you don't like swear words. Oh, shit, did I lose that? <laughs> And just as I was going to start saying something, then they filled in the blank and went, oh, okay. <laughs> so it is uncomfortable because you're, you know, if you're virtual or you're on the phone, you know, you lose things and, and checking in, but hold that space like a few seconds longer before you check in, because at some point, if they're still there, they're going to make a noise of some sort. Just, just imagine like a loading circle above their head, you know, and just give them the time for it to load. <laughs> yeah, one of the things in the ICF articles that we read was that they suggested learning how to nod in your mind, <laughs> like not actually nodding doing it in your mind yeah i feel like everyone's trying to do it right now i feel like my eyes are nodding now like my eye, like, like or i'm i just i'm repeating i'm nodding i'm nodding you know i, I, I have these muscles back here that were like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> i feel I'm like i smile when i nod with my mind like i do i feel like i smile when i nod with my mind <laughs> Something, something that I notice I do to acknowledge that I'm, I'm hearing the client is I close my eyes. I go, and it's like a, a little nod or I'll take a deep breath. I don't know why, for some reason I use that to, to signal. Um, but Brooke, I wanted to touch on something you said real quick earlier. You talked about showing up to the call, um, like, you know, a hot mess, like disheveled, like, you know, that what message does that send to your client and how you want to show up looking put together and professional and grounded. And I think that that's really important, but I also think that it's important for each coach to show up authentic to who they are and know that the, they are the right coach for certain clients just as they are. Um, even if you're disheveled, gross. Yeah, that's even, what I said. there's somebody out there that is rocking like the tank top and basketball short coach. Like that dude is out, he's out there and he's killing it somewhere. So. <laughs> One thing I like to do that was done to me and I carry it on, I carry it forward is I invite the client to come as they are. I specifically say in the first time I talk to them, you're, you know, I invite you to come to this call. If you're a hot mess, I don't care. Just come and show up, come as you are. Don't worry about how you present. You don't worry about your appearance. Just come and be yourself. This is safe for that. Yeah. I'm like, you better put your best on. <laughs> your, 
but in his office. <laughs> I will be in a shirt and tie, but you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. I never, I mean, I, in a million years, would I judge a client for how they showed what they were wearing as they walked through my office door. But they don't always know that. Yeah. They don't yeah. always mm -hmm. know that. Mm -hmm. The like people that. pleasers especially, they think they need to put themselves together for us, and they don't. <laughs> All right. Lisa's modeling one of the CLCI shirts again that we don't have. We're working on it. Is that like a silk shirt? Um, no, it's fake silk. <laughs> like it looks satin. shiny. <laughs> it's it's um I think it's satin. Isn't satin is the other shiny? Satin's nice, mm. yeah. All I right. want to get a CLCI kimono. I feel like, I like a CLCI kind of ball cap. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, nice. That would I, be good. I would wear it. I would wear a CLCI ball cap. I would have one yeah, on Absolutely. I would too. Yeah. What color? Black. Oh, black for me. Just a Gold. default black or pink. I like black. <laughs> all right, all right. We've devolved. Time to <laughs> <end>. <laughs> we can talk about this in meeting next week. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. Uh, join us. If you haven't, join us on our three-day intensive class. They're fun. They're informative. There's a lot of information. If you've joined us on one, find out and join us on level on level two. It's that much more and, and then some. Three-day intensives, level one, level two. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. We should be back on Tuesday at 4 Pacific. And I want to tell Paul and David that we appreciate you and we appreciate you being here. You said you appreciate this, but we appreciate you and your participation. And it means a lot to us that you took the time to be here, watch this and join us and join in the conversation. So thank you for doing that. We appreciate you. Hey everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.